position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 303 of the Boss Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Saturday, the 15th of August, 2020, at 202800 hours PM Pacific Coast Time, Left Coast Time, close to the most, make it like 828 uh, West Coast Time. Crack Engineer, Ivor Molina over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. That is a great idea, Ivor. We have miles to go before we before we ever can even contemplate sleep in this fucking unbelievably hot, hot August 15th here in Vegas. It's 113 outside. Cheers. Mm. Well, you're fired for the heat. That would, of course, make it for our sequel friends uh, t- in the one true time of day format, 2020-08-15-2028. Uh, uh, that includes four-digit time at the end. So, um, yes, we have a wow, we have a lot of it's one, this is one of those Frankenstein shows that like just grew and grew and grew over the week as I planned out our you know our feature for this week our feature this week by the way is a review of the excellent Sniper Ghost Warrior contracts um, but we have a lot of deals for you this week and a bunch of games and a lot of news so let's get Ivor you're fired let's get straight to it first of all one of the best games that I've ever played on Linux uh, one of the best games ever to come across our desk since we started the Best Linux Games podcast, Factorio, F-A-C-T-O-R-I-O, that would make... Uh, wait, is it Frank? No. What is F? Foxtrot. Foxtrot, Alpha, Charlie, Tango, Oscar, Romeo, India, Oscar, 30 bucks. It is finally out of early access. It is spent like five years in early access. For those of you who don't know what Factorio is, Factorio is the ultimate SimCity killer. Um, it is a game about 
building technology through automation. Um, hence the title, gigantic planet spanning factories. Emphasis on logo. Yellow is the color. Yellow is the game. No, yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. Um, I'm Richard Harris. Anyone else who's seen The Gentleman will realize that Hugh Grant is becoming Richard Harris. It's crazy how much he's... Anyway, um, so Factorio setting up conveyor belts, automating systems to produce, mine, refine, manufacture, produce, distribute, and feed in to other aspects and orifices of your planet spanning fucking two dimensional top down uh, unifactory so that you can build a spacecraft um, to get off the planet that was the last time I played it that was the basic premise um, you have to rig up defenses against uh, the drone bugs that will come and kill you all in glorious top-down two-dimensional blah with multiplayer. You can run your own server for it. You can join other people's servers for it. Yellow is a color. We, we gotta, Ivor, we gotta get uh, you're fired, I know, but before you pack up your shit, get me that fucking clip, okay? Okay? Okay. And quit saying okay all the time, okay? Okay. Okay. Um... Factorio is now out of early access. It has hit its 1.0 release. I strongly encourage you, if you want a time sink that will eat the rest of your brain, I mean, you will not need another game for the entire quarantines other than Factorio, and I strongly encourage you to pay full price for Factorio if you don't have a license for it already. It's 30 bucks. I know that's a big, expensive game. This game is a revelation. I mean it. Um, I haven't played it in a, in a while, but uh, I do keep I do keep up with it, uh, with the game games news, and it's they do a uh, dev talk every, uh, I think every Friday, what, what's it called? It's like, oh, fuck. Anyway, the people behind this game have put their blood, sweat, and tears into it, and they have, they have prospered. I mean, they have, they have, not, you know, monetarily, I mean, they have, through all of these years of work, they have made something truly special. It, it, when I say it is a sim, it, it makes City Skylines look like whatever you will sit down to play an hour of this game makes Sid Meier's Civ 5 or 6 I can't remember uh, whichever one is my favorite makes it look like a joke and you know how like that game you can like sit down like I got 45 minutes I'll just play 45 minutes and you know 14 hours later you're calling into work that is a joke in comparison to what Factorio will do to your brain. Factorio is an endless cornucopia of glory, and no, they do not pay me to say that. So, I strongly recommend that you remunerate the fine independent developers behind Factorio for their magnificent accomplishment by, if you can, and if you are so inclined, to pay full price for Factorio at $30. It just came out of early access after at least five years um, yesterday. So congratulations to them and their team. I know I don't know them. I don't have a relationship with them unlike some other games that, you know, I openly disclose uh, on on this show and stuff. Anyway, huge celebration for everyone. You will love Factorio. If you like, it, oh, it's so good. It is so good. It's like Satisfactory, but in two dimensions and uh, with such a bigger technology tree it's ridiculous but the game does not overwhelm you we'll have a full review I will evidently be getting back into Factorio this week so that I can pump out a full review of Factorio so that's Factorio, 30 bucks also in our top stories uh, the highly anticipated uh, game Control Control 
ground control and Major Tom. You really made the grade. Uh, it now has it's a remedy uh, game uh, published by Five Hundred Five Games. Remedy Entertainment developed it. It's an older code, so I'm just about to clear them. This game won more fucking awards than I can even fucking count. Uh, it will be available ostensibly on Steam. I don't know if it will run on Linux yet, but I've been eagerly waiting, awaiting the uh, any news about when this game will finally come to uh, Steam since it was like announced two weeks ago. They were like, August. Now it has ostensibly a release date. Uh, August 27th, 2020. That would make it uh, 12 days from now. Week and a half from now. Uh, you can pre-order. You can't even pre-order it, though. So, I'm... <laughs> excuse me, I have the hiccups. Because I've been slamming whiskey all day long because I've been watching Trump dismantle the post office and our country fall to fucking shit. It's a horrible nightmare. We're all living it. Hi, international friends. Yeah, we might be too stupid to live out here in America. We might actually prove that. It's gonna be... It's not even funny. It's just grinding. Anyway, control possible release date the 27th of this month, and when it drops, you can be sure that I will be buying it, maybe returning it immediately, if it doesn't run on Linux. Um, it's a, a paranormal, psyoptic, you know, like, telekinetic uh, spy thriller set in, like, an Area 51 facility with all sorts of drones and secret research bullshit and etc. Looks fantastic. Friend of the show. Le Oiseau on Wheels. Uh, I don't know how to say wheels, but in French. But, um, Bird on Wheels really likes it. Uh, he's been playing it. Also, in our top stories, our last top story before we get to the deals, and then we'll get to our feature, our review of Ghost Warrior Contracts. Um, our deals this week are very good. They only last the next two hours, so like 36 hours from now at, uh, synchronize your watches, gentlemen. The timing bombs will go off when the Germans drive through, yes. I'm blind, I'm blind from forging a thousand Nazi documents! Um, that was just a weird melange of, what was that? That was, where where Eagles Dang is. I'm James Mason. Eagles Dare, and uh, what was the other one? Oh, The Great Escape. Yeah, with Donald Pleasance as the forger. Anyway, never mind. I'm losing my mind. Go fucking Bonzo here! Alright, so. Before we get to our deals, one final major update has been released onto the interwebs of one of another one of our most favorite games. Uh, and a magical game, I would say. A, a game that is truly provides you with a magical experience and that has been much maligned and not without good reason uh, during its first two years of release. No Man's Sky, which is currently not on sale at all. But No Man's Sky, it's still 60 bucks. I know how they think they're... It's a tragedy. Because, like, that price point means that a lot of people will not end up playing it. Uh especially people who may have been very interested in the game's premise. I remember when Popey told me about No Man's Sky when it was a mouse fart blip on the distant fucking future horizon, as my old theory prof used to say. Ah, we are approaching now in our second year, the dust on the horizon, the 20th century. (laughs) But No Man's Sky has pushed out over the last month and a half two or three major, major restructuring, retoolings of their game. It is one of the most unique and memorable games that I've ever played. Um, and now with even more functional multiplayer, somewhat. Uh, but uh, the latest updates add uh, mechs, more customization to your freighters and your ships, uh... All sorts of shit. It is still 60 bucks. 
Um, but they keep working on it. They just keep fucking working on it. Um, and it, it was great when I reviewed it uh, three years ago, I want to say. Um, that was after their disastrous two-year release, which was just a shit show. Evidently, luckily, I missed... I dodged that bullet. I have nothing but favorable, fond memories of No Man's Sky. Everything from... Well, except for one thing. When they broke out the power grid update, which happened, I guess, nine months ago ish, it destroyed all of my bases, and I had a lot of bases um, and it locked up all of my resources because the power grid, the introduction of the new power grid shut down all of my storage cubes meaning that I couldn't get to any of my resources that weren't on the freighter um, and the reason why I had so many bases is because to consolidate my resources according to planet and according to system and shit like that, although it's easy to you know fly around, but when you can't open up your storage containers because of the power grid update and the power grid update was pretty sketchy in my opinion because I mean first it just broke everything um I mean my shit's still there but like it doesn't really work like the power grid if you have old stuff in my experience the power grid update breaks a lot of it so I haven't been too uh balls deep in No Man's Sky uh, since the most recent update, thank you, um, um, you are URK, uh, from the Discord, who is a huge No Man's Sky fan. We we've explored quite a bit together. Well, a minuscule amount actually, in comparison to the the rest of the universe that I've explored myself. I've been to the center three times. Er, no, I'm on my way for the third time. Last time I checked in. Those of you who've played No Man's Sky know what that means. Um, doing it twice is fucking hard. Doing it three times is insane. And I'm about halfway there on my third time. It's it's begun to feel like work, especially without having the ability to draw on the resources that I have in my storage cubes. Although I have already replaced them all with other things on other planets and other bases, but none of them are as cosmetically perfect. And all of my farms died, which also sucked. So I, you know, I'll be jumping back into No Man's Sky sometime this week. I see a uh, friend of the show, BPR, Blaster PR, Blaster, Blaster Master. Uh, playing it all the time now and if he's playing it all the time then that must mean that it's really really good again um, and I haven't even gotten to experience um, oh shit my phone is blowing up hang on let me fuck hang on I'm sorry about this there we go, so yeah, anyway regardless of, you know, my own personal difficulties with No Man's Sky um, the last three updates pretty huge I mean like enormous Uh, and it seems like they're just as obsessed with the game as I once was how many hours do I have logged in No Man's Sky my official review still stands from back, in, I have 350 hours, 342 hours, 342.5 hours. Sorry, I'm going blind. So, 342.5 hours. Last played April 10th. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's never been a better time to jump into No Man's Sky. Atlas awaits. And that brings us to our deals section of the show, which for which we have no bumper. Ivor, again, you're fired. Motherfucker! Um, we were gonna do a uh, what I'm playing episode of the show, but no one ever likes those, so we're focusing in on the deals. First off, in our deals, Space Elite Force Two. Space Elite Force Two is a pixel trash bullet hell upgradable um, side-scrolling space shooter that has multiplayer co-op but I don't know if it has Steam Remote Play together or not. I imagine it probably does because it's a single screen two-dimensional pixel trash side-scrolling space shooter. Um, The upgrades in it are awesome. The gameplay is mindless. It is slow 
only in the sense that it gives you enough time to learn the attack patterns and uh, techniques of the major dominant enemy types before really advancing them to the point where cumulatively they become a bullet hell fiesta of death and destruction and annihilation um, The I really wish I'd had more t- I only found it uh, today I only noticed that it came out today it is $5 I spent I meant to just see if it worked just to boot it up it works fine out of the box and I spent 45 minutes with it um, that is a long time when I you know, uh, yeah, 33 minutes um, that's a long time for me when I only check and see if a game runs, it's that good uh, and for $5 it's a steal if Steam Remote Play together works with it, then oh my god oh my god so that is Space Elite Force 2, a game made by our friends in Portugal actually, I think they're Portuguese comes in English and Portuguese so I imagine that anyway um, you like side-scrolling space shooters with lots of upgrades it's got a big upgrade tree Um, it's super fun, super mindless but really skills based uh, and the upgrades make a big difference and there's like a lot of different ways you can take your ship in terms of the upgrades uh check out Space Elite Force 2 now common theme you'll see throughout most of these deals are that they are generally multiplayer games because we don't do a lot of multiplayer games and I wanted to kind of boost their presence because multiplayer generally means so much cheaper like if you just look at the pound pound for pound dollar per hour like you know you spend five dollars and you get a 10 hour video game that's $2 an hour, it's a crude way of thinking about things, it goes back to uh, the early 2000s, the early aughts actually um, and was for a long time the prevailing uh, the prevalent model for AAA titles it still kind of is in a lot of respects, but Steam itself has done a lot to break up that consolidation of intellectual capital and the design behemoth behind the AAA titles, you know, so anyway, um and during these times of fucking pandemic fucking horror out here in America where everyone's dying and everything is ground to a halt but everything's okay according to the president and we don't need to vote um, what election? elections are for pussies, right? no, no Mr. President, no we're gonna vote you out and then we're sending you to jail because you are a fucking criminal (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you fucked up all of our lives forever permanently it's amazing it's amazing mm. so by virtue of the fact that everyone is losing their unemployment and etc 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 I thought that multiplayer might help a focus on multiplayer might help luckily this week now through the next two days remaining next two days uh the entire Lego video game franchise is on basically 75% off sale. Of course, the only game that I really wanted to get out of that sale was one of the games that's not on sale. I wanted to get Indiana Lego... Into Lego Jones. I wanted to get Lego Indiana Jones, the original adventure trilogy thing, and it's still $20, and it came out in 2008. So I went to aforementioned friends of the show. Well, they're not friends of the show, but my good time backup, good time Charlie, uh, GTA.com, which sells aftermarket Steam keys. Uh, and I got one for me and I got one for friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise. The first one that I got him did not work right out of the box. The one I got worked out of the box. So I got him another one because they're $2.50 on GT- G2A. That depends on you and your god and your moral compass and etc, etc, etc. But for me, I'm not paying $20. I'm not paying full price for a game that's 12 fucking years old. I don't care how good it is. How good is it? It's very good. I also got the uh, Lego uh, DC Supervillains, which is the latest installment in the Lego 
uh, franchise, which is enormous, by the way. Last Lego game I played was the Lego Star Wars Original Trilogy, which was probably 2007, I want to say. It was very good. Very mindless, very faithful to scene by scene, more or less, the uh, original trilogy as told in Legos. And the great fun of these games is, first of all, the Lego DC Supervillains one, which is like the latest Lego game that they've come out with. Holy fuck, it's been like 13 years since I played one of these games. They are so sophisticated now, visually. The gameplay is pretty much the same. Almost all of these also support Steam Remote Let's Play Together. So you only need one license for any of these titles. From you know, make sure before you buy. Because there's so many fucking games that are on sale in the LEGO franchise. Most of them are 71% off. Uh, for instance, LEGO DC Super Villains is uh uh oh. Uh 75% off $9.99 through August 17th, day after tomorrow. Um but that means that, like, for 10 bucks, you can get 100 hours of playtime between two people. So, 200 hours of playtime between two people, uh, for only owning one license. And if you want to get any of the games cheaper, any of the older games cheaper, you know, head over to G2A. Um, at $2.50, I bought three licenses one for me two for Jeff, one of which he had to write to customer support about the other one, which worked straight out of the email. Um, that's $7.50. That is still fucking $12.50 cheaper than... the. And I, I wanted to play an Indiana Jones game. I missed Super Indiana Jones. I was just jonesing for Super Indiana Jones. And I also, I really missed the old Nintendo. Uh, both of them. The Last Crusade with the Castle Grunewald which was so fucking confusing and difficult. Anyway, so there's that. Then, finally, in our multiplayer deal fiesta, I guess that's what we're doing, 45% off, $10.99, Foxhole, a top-down, persistent, massively multiplayer, um, top-down World War II style uh, it's difficult to describe because whatever you do in the game it keeps happening whether you're there or not so they're all sort it's a very complicated very big very deep game it's pitted against these you know basically axis and allies although they're not called that they have these stupid fictional country names um with like an ethos underneath them like one is like you know basically hitlerian Trumpian wants to rule the world by just dominating everything and the other a badly injured allied force basically post Pearl Harbor blah so what you get is World War 2 top down massively multiplayer heavily relying on communications as you get better at the game you can increase your the roles and responsibilities that you are in charge of but if you don't someone else will um, very heavily reliant on voice communication. One of my favorite things about the game is, uh, as you go to the tutorial, if you're lucky, you might start hearing from a distance. Oh, now, okay, here we go. So here are the shirts. Now we're going to need to move the shirts to the front line. And as you get closer and closer, the voice becomes more distinct. And those are other fucking people teaching other people, like a whole fucking course of people, like 15 people standing outside of a command tent, listening to this guy explain how we make the shirts, how we get them to the front line, because everything has to be made and driven and then used. So if you're not a soldier, you're in logistics. If you're not in logistics, then you might be commanding a tank or an airplane, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's still in early access, but this game is endless. It looks like endless game. Um, and it's it's very, very polished uh, for being in early access. It has a huge player base, runs great on Linux. It's called Foxhole. That would be Foxtrot, Oscar, X-Ray, uh, Hotel, Oscar, uh, Lima, Echo... 45% off now for the next two days at $10.99. Now let's get straight to our review. I have based based with the review. 
in accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. So, our review this week is... Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. Oh, good job, Ivor. Yeah, you finally put that together and dropped it in at the wrong time. Thank you. Yellow is the color again. Our review this week is of the magnificent Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts, a game that I've spent 30 hours in, and I'm exactly, in my old game, I'm exactly halfway through the game, uh, I think, because there's only five, I think there's only five or six missions, and I'm on the third. I've spent enough time to give you a full review, uh, and so that's what we're going to do. Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts is $29.99. It's not on sale. Um, It is just a really, really good assassination game. If you, unlike me, have played all of the other um, sniper Ghost Warrior, Sniper, Elite Sniper games or whatever. I haven't played any of them. I don't even know if they're all from the same fucking franchise. I just know this game is exactly what happens when it's exactly what would happen if Hitman 2 Silent Assassin, which is my probably my favorite game in the Hitman um, series, decided to have like a first person shooter baby with Modern Warfare 2 and then set it in relatively a sandboxish environment, uh, uh, kind of dissimilar from many other games that I've ever played. Um, in it, you take on the role of an elite military sniper uh, with elite military professional contracting assassination equipment, uh, all of which is military in origin. Uh, and unlike other, uh, okay, so here's where, and, and this is all in first person shooter. This is done in CryEngine, by the way, which is one of you know, one of my all time favorites. Crisis Two is one of my favorite games ever made. Crisis Three less so, but Crisis Three was way prettier. Um, CryEngine rocks. Is just basic. I mean, anything with CryEngine for my money, it fucking rocks. And generally at least traditionally, CryEngine games have not run on Linux. This runs great. Uh, Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts runs great on Linux. Um, We'll get to some of the drawbacks of this game, some of the deficits uh, later, but I want to explain to you what this game is about. So, the best thing about Hitman 2 Silent Assassin and also Hitman Contracts was that you would go through so many fucking runs and attempts trying to pull off the perfect silent assassination. Eventually for Hitman 2, it took me two years because this was that game came out long before the internet was it was as it is as it when Hitman 2 Silent Assassin came out, the, the the internet was not what it is now. So there weren't any, you had to buy like a strategy guide if, you know, blah. So I just kept plugging away at it. And this led to a very organic experience of Hitman 2. Meaning, lots of repetition, lots of fucking meticulous failed loadouts, lots of fucking figuring out where I need to be exactly when, why, where and with what and under what circumstances all accomplished through trial and error and eventually, yes indeed, my friends and neighbors, without consulting a fact or a strategy guide or a book or even uh, without enlisting the advice of any other human fucking being on the planet it did take me two years but eventually I did get Silent Assassin on every one of the... I think there's 20 missions in Hitman 2 Silent Assassin. And then, eventually I did the same thing with Hitman uh, Contracts um, with the exception of, like, the next to last level. Anyway, the bottom line is this. It was a lot of work. It took me two years 
to fucking ace Hitman contract. Hitman 2, Silent Assassin, and Hitman contracts took another at least nine months when it finally came out a couple of years later. The great genius, the thing that kept propelling me into those games was that unless you get very good at them and really know exactly what you're doing, in which case you only take your fiber wire with you, if that, um, was the meticulous planning, the preparation, the training, the practicing, the learning everyone's moves, the 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 entire map, the entire geography, all of the centuries as an interlocking maze of uh, Rube Goldberg inspired um, wind it up and watch it go and watch me go through it invisibly perfectly and then only to fuck it up at one or one of any, you know, 50 different fuck up points that, you know, were potential. And then you get discovered and out come the silver ballers, out come the dual fucking silence pistols that are Hitman's hallmark. And everyone's going to have to die now. And you know that you're doomed. You know that you're, you're going to fail. I mean, or complete it at best with like a mass murdering rating. The rating of a mass murderer as opposed to Silent Assassin in which you, the only way to get that was to kill only the target and only be seen by no one and heard by no one. No one. Including the target. Um... Yeah. So, like, if your bullet goes through a window to hit the target, that's not Silent Assassin. It has to be a very hands-on approach. And if they glimpse you over their shoulder as you creep into their study to garrot them from behind, and they just sneak a little glimpse over their shoulder, that's not Silent Assassin. Even though they're dead and they're never telling anyone. So when shit goes pear shape, when shit goes tits up, when shit goes sideways, Hitman was uniquely structured to give you access to the immense capabilities of catastrophic violence that your character underneath all of this repressive stealth stuff, which you could do or you didn't have to do or you could do in some, you know, you could get into some middling levels of completion, somewhere between Mass Murderer and Silent Assassin. Um, but out come the Silver Ballers, and you can kill everybody. Generally speaking, in most missions, you can just fucking murder everybody with the pistols, once you're discovered. But there's alarms, and there's all sorts of, you know, blah, 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 blah. Now, you take that, you throw that into Metal Gears, that's exactly the other game. You take that, you throw that into a first-person shooter version of Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain. Crossbreed that with Hitman 2 Contract Silent Assassin. And that is what you get with Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts. First of all, let, let's just... We'll only do 20 more minutes of this and then we'll, we'll... I'll let you go on your merry way and, you know, blah. But I really... I love this game a lot because without forcing you to fail catastrophically you are not just actively encouraged but it is your job to use every single advantage skill tool, technique tactic, strategy and uh, element of your actual training in this game, to accomplish your mission by any means necessary. Now, what makes this game so unique is that generally your missions, your mission area, has like five contracts in it, all of which must be completed before you can turn in the entire mission and go on to the next one. And then it has like maybe five to you know, nine challenges and that's where like the hardcore stealth element comes in, which we'll get to in a moment. But the bottom line is this: I were basting with it. Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. 
Exactly that. Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. You are not a good person. In fact, you're not even a person. You are the seeker. That's what your handler calls him. And you call your handler, handler. You're in this for the money. There is no involved story about who the fuck you are, which branch of the special forces you came from, whether or not you work for JSOC, or what your experience level is. You are a world-class master assassin. Military-grade master assassin. Working to destabilize or stabilize or whatever. There, there are no choices that I've discovered in the game. And the game does not give a fuck how many people you kill. You can liquidate an entire fucking level starting from the fucking, you know, right from the get-go if you want to and just start shooting people in the face uh, and murdering them all uh, as long as you can hold out against reinforcements and being discovered, which forces you, by virtue of the fairly brilliant especially the first mission, which is the mission that I I spent the last 12 hours on. I've beaten the second mission. I've beaten both of them, both the first and second mission, but I was going back to the first mission for challenges, and this is when I decided that I needed to do this review because the game is good enough just off the first mission to give you a really good sense of the shape of things to come. Some of the other missions seem to be more linear, but the first mission is completely non-linear. This means that you can do whatever the fuck you want to accomplish your goals as easily as possible. Murder is not frowned upon in this game because these are all military fucking people. You're there to destabilize or restabilize or, you know, whatever. You have no geopolitical aspirations. Although the game does present you with the actual scenario and the first guy that you get to kill, your first contract in the game is a real son of a bitch. A fucking mass murdering biological weapon uh, Siberian maniac with his own fucking evil James Bond villain compound uh, in a newly um, formed Siberian Republic, which is where most of your missions take place. Um, the story, you know, there's so many complex moving parts in each mission that it's difficult to pay attention to the story. The story keeps things moving along throughout the load screen that awaits, and that's the only load screen that you see before you're in the game. Um, the the briefing and stuff. So here's the deal. The first mission takes place in a Siberian, literally a Siberian oil field with several military installations that are for communications, command and control, and research laboratories, all of which are above ground, several of which are look like they're built out of old power plants. With a, The whole thing has a failing electrical grid and lots of opposition it's at night it is snowing it is a half moon i think it's a half moon there are helicopters patrolling there's one helicopter patrolling the entire fucking breath this is a huge mission area it takes me about three hours to beat this mission uh it takes me like an hour and a half maybe to beat this mission if i'm just killing everybody and going as fast as i possibly can you will still get caught up and turned around and twisted by the actual geography jumping everything in the game is keyed towards the realistic and this is the number one thing that i really want to stress about this game when you are discovered there are various different levels of being discovered and it depends on by whom and where and how certain the person who has discovered you is discovering you. What I mean by this is geographically, all five objectives in the first fucking mission are spread apart into basically five different, uh, four different quadrants of the map. And it is difficult to traverse the map. There's no straight way. <laughs> I mean, there are straight ways, but um, you don't want to take those. Although, maybe if you do, you can. This is the great genius of this game. There's like three ways to do everything. At least three ways to do everything. In fact, there's way more than three ways to do everything. 
Like, there's three different ways into... Let's just take one objective in the first mission. There's three different ways to capture Ivanovsky's plans. You can kill everyone in that segment of the... Ba- the, the by the way, the geographical distance between these major... Um, you know, encampments, installations, control points, or pumping facilities, or industrial sites, or communication relays is great and distant. If you're... The difference between someone finding a corpse on a normal patrol along a trail and someone finding a corpse inside of one of the dilapidated power plants that have been retrofitted into highly consolidated... Um, heavily defended facilities a la Metal Gear Solid is a huge difference. Whereas one guy will get really, he will go from no alarm to almost maximum alarm. He will shout to other people on patrol or he will engage with nearby patrols to come and help him figure out what the fuck is going on. This is why you need to move your corpses off of trails. Put them in bushes. But he won't alert the entire map. Now, if you do this, it seems like if you do this sort of shit numerous, 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 numerous times, if you let people in various different aspects of the map, you know, really go to full alert. And by the way, at full alert, people in that part of the map will begin hunting you. But if you do this, like, you can get away with it, like, as many times as you want, more or less. Um eventually, they'll call in APCs. There will be realistic repercussions to this. Meanwhile, just getting seen, just getting spotted by either a rival sniper, and that's something we'll get to in a moment, or just a patrolling sentry, or a sentry tasked with guard duty at an actual facility, not on a trail. All of those have different repercussions and ramifications. Generally, being, you need to shoot them immediately before they radio anybody. Shoot them in the head. Gambling is a color. Yellow is a color. Gambling is a game. The way the game reacts to discovering corpses, to discovering, to seeing you, to spotting you, to sniping you, to um, annihilating you, is very realistic and strikes the perfect balance between Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain moralistic um, imposition of stealth versus Hitman 2 Silent Assassins imposition of pure stealth both of which, anytime that you fuck up, break very un- in unrealistic ways everyone on a map is all of a sudden swarming you immediately, even though you're in you know, 1980. Fuck, in 1997 Uganda or whatever completely unrealistic in sniper in sniper ghost warrior contracts you can they can spot you it doesn't matter if you kill them immediately it does not matter they can spot their dead there can be two guys on patrol walking you know hand in hand you know singing uh you know nursery rhymes and skipping up the fucking primrose trail and you could blow one's head off and his partner will immediately fucking register shock and horror. That is the moment that you blow his head off and you get good enough to do that. Of course, you don't want to take those types of chances, which is why you use lures and other blah. What I'm saying here is none of these people are civilians. The game fully understands and respects that and expects you to understand and respect that as well. These are fucking paramilitary motherfuckers who are there to prevent you from doing what it is you need to do. Now, that means by any means necessary, provided that you don't get killed, and even if you do get killed, if you complete the fucking objective, I'm sure Handler does not give a fuck about you or your life. These are incredibly lucrative contracts, which leads us to another key point of the game, and one of my favorite elements of it. Because you are a bidder on open contracts, open assassination contracts with multiple numerous sub-objectives. Um, these are open contracts. So there will be rivals in the area. Other people who have also decided to take on the contract. Now you are working with Handler, but who's to say who the fuck? Sometimes these guys are working specifically to kill you. 
specifically to pre- prevent you from completing your objective. These are snipers that are above and beyond even the military grade snipers that you will encounter and find during the course of a mission. These guys are rivals. And some of them want to complete objectives before you. It it doesn't matter. They're all fairly static. They all basically are just really, really as good as you almost, snipers. And finding them when they are hunting you and you're hunting everything else is phenomenal it is great and you get a bonus for each uh, rival contract that you close out every one of your competitors that you eliminate um all of this money and all of these uh, points, there's like three different types of uh, points that you can spend on upgrades matter immensely because you can upgrade and retrofit you can buy new weapons, you can upgrade and retrofit them with all sorts of attachments from silencers to uh, flash hiders surpri- uh, you know uh, 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 extended rounds alternate ammunition you can also unlock new upgrades for your mask and your suit and your kit you can unlock specializations that make you awesome with drones. The drones in the game are fucking phenomenal. You can unlock different types of throwables, different types of weapons, counter-surveillance technology, um, all sorts of shit. And all of this goes into a very action-packed, very tight, intense, um, very stealthy uh, mission profile, that is what you do. Now, before we get to, like, my favorite thing in the game, which is my eight hours, eight hours and change of beating the first mission again, but this time without killing anyone other than my target. That's eight hours. It was delicious. Eight hours of constant failure, because every time, you can get spotted but you can't kill anyone other than the target, and the more you get spotted, the generally the worse the opposition is. In the second mission, if you get spotted, you will have 20 guys coming at you. Generally speaking, it depends on where in the second mission. But let's talk about the first mission. In terms of pure stealth, the game really sings when you don't use your rifle at all, when you don't use any weapon at all when you when you don't kill anybody at all one of the biggest shocking moments in the game for me was when I went to interrogate an officer this is my first game um, you know 30 hours ago in game playtime I went I, I grabbed up the officer I snuck up on him and I was interrogating him tell me where all the soldiers are where, where is Ivanovsky's playing where is whatever the fuck and the guy told me and I fucking basically cut his head off with my fucking combat knife went bam right in the side of his throat as soon as he was done telling me thank you very much and then I looted his body and then took his corpse into the bushes and then I killed all of his friends it was shocking because generally you associate interrogation with non-lethal takedown there is no such thing as a non-lethal takedown in this and when you have to use your takedowns like your actual melee it is one hit one kill instantaneously Unfortunately, even though you have all of this military grade, all this gadgetry, and you can customize your loadout and your weapons, you have a you have your sniper rifle, you have uh, a primary firearm, and then you have uh, a sidearm pistol. Um, none of which are silenced except for the sniper rifle when you start. All of which do have uh, suppressor attachments that are available as you, you know, blah. Basically, by the time you're done with the first mission, which took me, like, a long time, took me probably five hours to beat the first mission the first time, um, I had, like, $200,000 and enough points to upgrade pretty much whatever I wanted. The bottom line is this. The game lets you decide the order in which you want to do things in any given mission, generally speaking. It's limited by geography. Sometimes there are certain places that you have to traverse first before being able to gain access to other places, etc., etc., etc. But eventually, 
more or less, you can go anywhere and do whatever you want in whatever order. This is a problem with the game because there's a complex and confusing exfiltration system where certain objectives, once completed, need to be exfiltrated immediately, but that does not end the mission. You still have to go back and do the other objectives. But this means having to go into like a hornet's nest, come out of a hornet's nest to exfiltrate the honey, although hornets don't make honey anyway, and then having to go back into the hornet's nest to get the more honey or whatever. And this gets confusing and a little difficult to handle. It also leads to some bugs in the way the game... I'm pretty sure of this. Because I spent almost 10 hours just doing the first mission over and over and over and over and over and over. As a checkpoint-based system, so you don't have to start from the very beginning, but you do have to start from the last checkpoint, and sometimes checkpoints can leave you in the lurch. You know, like, oh, I'm about to be discovered. You know, blah which is a big imposition which is not that big of an imposition unless you're trying to do something like get the achievement gap that I was trying to get which was kill no one except for Ivanovsky completing all the objectives which without killing anybody else which basically means without being discovered although I was discovered several times you can run away, you can escape etc 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 the game completely leaves it up to you these are great qualities of a fantastic game and considering that I'm halfway through it and I'm already at 30 hours and the game itself at full price is $30 I say Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts I haven't beaten the game yet but it doesn't matter, it's a lot of hours and I will beat the game Earns Best Links Games Podcast highest award that we can confer to any title the worth full price, all price, any price all day, every day, any day this year, next year, any year award. It is phenomenal. And once you get really good at the game, you will discover... Oh, that's the other final thing that I really want to talk about. The sniping mechanics in this game are great. They use an augmented reality scope to help you adjust and compensate uh, with a with a dynamic reticule system that you know is fictional and invented for the game, I imagine. Um, with a uh, wind resistance string so that if you aim at a target that's like at 500 meters away which by the way okay so 5,000 meters is 1,650-ish feet something like that. Football field is like what 130 feet Um, so it's like a quarter of a mile it's like 1,500 feet is like 10 times the length of, I don't know, something like that. It's very far. So let's say you're trying to kill this sniper who is 500 meters away from you. This is a challenge. Let's say it's over open sea. So there's wind. You key, you you spot the target, you spot him, hopefully before he spots you, Then you pull out your sniper rifle. You adjust the scope to the range that you spotted him at. Then you put your reticule on his head. The dynamic reticule system is now scaled by you adjusting your scope to his range. That, the center of your scope automatically is now exactly where the bullet will go even at that fucking 500 meter range except for wind every three seconds a little virtual wind uh, trail of dotted white trail of tears similar to the the way uh, people who fly glider airplanes have a string that's right on their windshield so they can see which way the which way the wind is going if it's pointing down then anyway you get this tailing off effect from that wind indicator when you hold your breath time moves slower, you can't hold your breath for that long but you eventually get so good and so economical so what you have to do is that you only hold your breath like right before you're about to take the shot this guy is far away though and let's say you're crouched so you have some scope wavering he's very far away but you have you have his range dialed in 
you get the wind, you wait for, you try to move the scope offset to the opposite direction of the wind so that the center is like, you know, three inches away from, like on the screen, three inches away from the guy's head. Then you wait and you try to keep it there a little bit, depending on how much time you have and how fast you need to move. You can kill like fucking 10 people in five seconds. Mm. If you need to, you can do it. Um, Probably about 15 seconds. About three seconds per person, generally speaking, without having to sight and range find them, because you get very good at knowing the ranges of things as you get more familiar with the level. But anyway, so the wind is fucking with you. The scope is, you know, there's a lot of uh, bobble on the scope. You've offset for the wind, you wait, and the second you see that little white dot coming down again that shows you the trajectory of the wind, you put that right on top of his head, the white dot. And if you've estimated your elevation correctly, you pull the trigger, and 50% of the time, if you're right on, if, if you know, you headshot him, the game switches to a third person perspective and shows you the trajectory of the bullet in rotoscoped slow motion as it leaves the rifle and shows this from all different types of random angles it's amazing all the way into the target's head which ends with a satisfying and delicious (laughs) sometimes you can blow their fucking heads clean off which is disgusting um and that's that's really at the core of the game. The better you get with your sniper rifle, the less you have to rely on the augmented reality stuff to really get you through this. But you're not going to be able to take a 500 meter shot without using all the accoutrements and capabilities you have available to you. So the real challenge, ultimately, the first real challenge to sniper ghost warrior contracts is simply this. Master your equipment, master your tools, master your methods. You become faster, more deadly, more efficient, and more able to handle the mental um, drain of doing 17 things at once, um, all in rapid-fire succession, such as killing an entire patrol of guards with headshots. It's a great game. It is very deeply satisfying. Apart from the, the only major drawback are some of the bugs that I've I've experienced where like objectives will not be there and they won't be anywhere in the map and you can't complete them which sucks when that happens when you spend 10 hours trying to do stealth only anyway check it out it's 30 bucks uh, I'm already 30 hours in I'm a kind of balls deep obsessed with these type of games that give you such terrific horrendous capabilities for uh, brutal violence and punishment uh, but also counter counterbalance that against well everyone will be coming after you this game does the most elegant and realistic uh, portrayal of what these sorts of stealth missions might actually be like in the real world check it out I will catch you next week oh and check out the Lego Star Wars games for real uh, not Star Wars uh, the Lego games that are on sale right now. It's a big fucking store-wide sale. Uh, and if a game that you want isn't in the heavily discounted pile, then do what I do. Go to gta.com. g2a.com Cheers! Later days. Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to see. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. We bought one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop 2. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop 3. Yada, yada, e. Four or five times. Matt Damon. 
Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. Hello, great justice.